I'm Haley Hayes with HF Genetics and Double H Cattle in Port Lavaca, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. So glad to be with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the American Farm Bureau says no to mandated cash cattle trade. We've talked a lot about those bills in Congress that will mandate packers buy a certain percentage of cattle on the cash market. Well, Farm Bureau says, nope, we're not going to support that. All that news coming out of the recent American Farm Bureau convention in Atlanta will have the story to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. They say you can find pretty much anything on the internet. And that includes a special resource from AgriLife to help Texas High Plains farmers put together their budgets. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The economic outlook for agriculture in 2022 indicates farm gate prices looking to be in pretty strong shape for the new year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Delegates of the American Farm Bureau Federation sent the 2022 policy direction for the organization last week. I'm Michael Clements, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Delegates to the American Farm Bureau Convention in Atlanta adopted a policy position that opposes a move in Congress, which mandates a certain percentage of fed cattle be purchased on the cash market. Texas Panhandle Cattleman and Vice President of the Texas Farm Bureau, Pat McDowell, says the resolution originated right here in Texas. That policy started in numerous small counties in Texas. It went through the Texas process. It went through the AFBF resolution process. McDowell says mandating that packers buy cattle on the cash market does sound appealing, but the experts say it will ultimately hurt Texas cow-calf producers. It sounds good, but it's, it's, it's not free market enterprise. It messes with supply and demand. In, in, in our view, our big argument was that it hurts the cow-calf guy. We've studied it. We've had experts tell us the money was going to be lost through the cow-calf end of it if we mandated the packer to be in there. Honestly, we're, we think we did the right thing. It's, it's going to be good for Texas cow-calf raisers. The bill mandating the minimum cash trade has been introduced in the United States Senate, but it faces an uncertain future at this point. Fertilizer prices are sky high right now for a variety of reasons, according to one Texas A&M expert. Rising natural gas costs are not entirely to blame for the higher prices that farmers are paying for fertilizer right now. 
According to a new study from Texas A&M University, the price of natural gas only accounts for about 15 percent, or $102, of recent price increases for anhydrous ammonia. Dr. Joe Outlaw, the lead researcher for the study, says one trend was obvious when looking at the numbers. Anhydrous ammonia prices have been moving very, very much in lockstep with the price of corn for quite some time, and more so now than, than in the past, actually. Dr. Outlaw said historical analysis going back to 1980 shows fertilizer costs tend to go up when corn revenues increase even after accounting for natural gas prices and higher demand. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. Drought is taking a big toll on Texas winter wheat. Daniel Sell grows wheat in the Northeast Panhandle in Ockletree, Lipscomb, and Beaver, Oklahoma counties. I think the main effect of this is we've had just a real mild winter so far. We've been looking at 70 degree weather for a main aspect of the winter time, and that's not a usual deal. And so that's really sucked up a lot of the subsoil moisture that we usually have for the winter time. And so that's kind of concerning. Hadn't had much snow, hadn't had what we usually get in the winter time. So it looks like it's going to be a hard one for the next couple of months. Sell says he believes he will still be able to produce a crop this year, but it may not be a very good one. There's a special online budget resource available for Texas farmers. James Hunt tells more about it. Texas A&M AgriLife has now posted online the 2022 Crop Profitability Analyzer. AgriLife Risk Management Specialist D.D. Jones says the analyzer is based on AgriLife's projections for this season's prices and yields. We preloaded all our 2022 crop budgets. They are completely interactive, so they're in an Excel spreadsheet, and that allows producers to go in, see what we put in our budgets, and then tailor them to their individual operations. So as Jones suggested, farmers can adjust the spreadsheet's data to reflect their own expectations for the coming season, and the analyzer will then produce numbers the farmer can use in those important business meetings to come. Bankers, one of the questions that they always ask is, what are your break-even prices? Because if you know what your break-even price is, that allows you to market more effectively. And so that is a really neat thing about this budgeting tool is you can take our numbers, tailor them to your operation, and then it automatically calculates what your break-even prices are. And so that's a great tool to take to your banker. It also shows your net farm income or your profit margin, net income per acre, on both a return over your production expenses and return over your total expenses. Another great component of that tool is that it allows you to look at different landlord-tenant agreements. So you can look at different crop share arrangements, and maybe you want to go to your landlord and ask them to share your seed costs this year or maybe a little bit of harvest expense. You can simulate that and show that how your return compares to the landlord's return and it's a great tool to use before you go to your landlord if you're thinking about renegotiating your lease agreement. So there's lots and lots of different uses for this decision tool. The Crop Profitability Analyzer can be found at amarillo.tamu.edu. That's amarillo.tamu.edu. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The economic outlook for 2022 was previewed at the recent American Farm Bureau Convention in Atlanta. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Farmers and ranchers from across the country, including here in Texas, received an economic outlook from American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist Roger Cryan at the recent AFBF National Convention. 2022 uh, obviously is, is already not particularly normal and a lot of uh, issues from uh, 2020 and 2021 are carrying over. The pandemic is not over, uh, so people are still spending money differently. They're, they're buying stuff instead of restaurant meals or tickets to the ball game and so forth. 
um, crowded ports and uh, too few truck drivers are making it hard to uh, move ag products and other, other stuff that people are buying. And of course, geopolitics is affecting uh, our access to markets and our availability of farm inputs in many ways as well. Um, and inflation is a very serious concern for the first time in, in 40 years. Labor is, continues to be a serious issue. It's become an issue across the economy. Um, farmers have, have uh, dealt with labor issues for a long time. It's become uh, uh, endemic to the whole economy now. Um, not good. We don't anticipate the need for large government payments again in 2022 uh, beyond normal programs. Uh, and there are serious concerns about uh, price and availability of fertilizer and, and crop protection. But farm gate prices look to be pretty strong in 2022. And we still expect, uh, so we still expect net farm income to be above average uh, and earned in the marketplace, but it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, unlikely to, to, to make up for re the reduction in government payments. That's American Farm Bureau Chief Economist Roger Cryan. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. In addition to the economic outlook, delegates of the American Farm Bureau Federation set the 2022 policy direction for the organization. Michael Clements shares the details on the organization's top objectives. Farmer and rancher delegates to the American Farm Bureau Federation's 103rd Convention Tuesday adopted policies to guide the organization's work in 2022. Farm Bureau Vice President of Public Affairs Sam Kiefer says key topics include livestock market transparency and farm labor. What's most noteworthy is the amount of time they spent discussing livestock markets and our folks are calling for greater transparency, looking for more sunlight into how cattle are marketed and uh, frustration with agricultural labor continues. And our delegates approved additional language regarding the need for uh, farm and agricultural worker stabilization and reforms to existing guest worker programs. Delegates also called for increased transparency in dairy pricing. Specifically, how the federal milk marketing orders work and some of the differences and nuances within each of the federal orders and asking USDA to spend more time and energy making sure that dairy producers across the country can get a better understanding of what actually goes into the components of their milk check. Del Delegates opted to include biodiesel in the organization's biofuel policy, increasing federal broadband standard speeds, and the continuation and expansion of urban agriculture. Kiefer says these policy objectives sets the path for Farm Bureau in 2022. The very important conversations that were held on our delegate floor from farmers and ranchers from all locations across our great nation lay the groundwork for the staff and leaders and grassroots network of Farm Bureau to move forward engaging with our elected officials, it gives us the roadmap on how we advocate for America's producers. Delegates also re-elected AFBF President Zippy Duvall and Vice President Scott Vanderwall for their fourth terms. Learn more at FB.org. Michael Clements, Atlanta, Georgia. An effort to combat rabies in Texas is underway along the Texas border. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And heart murmurs are common in older small breed dogs, but not in horses. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? 
We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Heart murmurs can be common in small breed dogs, but not in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says a heart murmur in a horse can be a big concern. If your vet diagnoses a murmur when listening to your horse's heart, it is always a concern. You will likely have questions about riding the horse, or is this going to affect the lifespan of my horse? And the answer will require some further diagnostics, likely with a veterinary cardiologist. Dr. Amy Polks is a board-certified internal medicine specialist in the Northeast, and she indicated at the AAEP convention that some murmurs are functional murmurs, meaning they are normal, while other murmurs can indicate a problem in the heart. Like in people, there are two distinct heart sounds in horses that sound like lub-dub. The first heart sound is due to the mitral and tricuspid valves closing, and the second heart sound takes place as the pulmonic and aortic valves close. Murmurs are classified as systolic when they occur after the first heart sound or diastolic after the second heart sound, but can be continuous. Some functional murmurs can be caused by changes in blood flow that may occur due to things such as colic, anemia, fever, exercise, or pain. Pathological disease-causing murmurs can be genetic or acquired. Genetic murmurs are usually present at birth, and acquired murmurs develop as the horse ages. Murmurs are graded on a scale of 1 to 6, with 1 being mild and 6 being severe, and all of these parameters help to determine the cause of the murmur, including timing of the murmur and location where the murmur is heard the loudest. However, a cardiac ultrasound is the only method to determine the cause of the murmur and is necessary to answer the question about safety in riding the horse and effect of the murmur on the horse's life. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. An effort to fight rabies is underway along the Texas border. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. To curb the spread of rabies in Texas, the Department of State Health Services is dropping specially designed pellets with the rabies vaccine along the Texas border. According to DSHS, they'll drop more than 1.117 million baits in 19 border counties over the next two weeks. It's all part of the DSHS oral rabies vaccination program. The department said the baits are small plastic pellets dipped in fish oil and coated with fish meal crumbles. They're designed to attract coyotes, gray foxes, and other wild carnivores. They contain non-infectious portions of the rabies virus, so when the animals ingest them, they become vaccinated against rabies. DSHS says neither humans nor animals are in danger of developing rabies if they are exposed to the baits. The vaccine baits are dropped along the Texas-Mexico border to vaccinate wild animals that may cross the border with new or existing strains that would impact wildlife and livestock in Texas. Dr. Susan Rollo, director of the program, said the distribution of the oral vaccines is critical for the protection of humans, pets, and livestock. Following the airdrops, local and regional health personnel in South Texas and El Paso County will begin ground distribution of additional vaccine baits. 
This is the 28th year for the oral rabies vaccine program. DSHS says it has led to the elimination of the dog coyote and Texas fox rabies variants. Rabies typically spreads through the bite of an infected animal. If a person or an animal exhibits symptoms of rabies, it's nearly always fatal. Skunks and bats are the most significant sources of rabies in Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. The live cattle market closed higher on Friday while feeder cattle were lower. We'll look at all of Friday's market action coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed close in the cattle complex on Friday. We wrapped up the week with a higher close in the live cattle market, lower close on the feeder market. We'll start with live cattle, where February was up 97 cents, 137.97. April up $1.15, 142.12. June live cattle up 77 cents, 137.62. The feeder market feeling some pressure coming from a higher close in the corn market on Friday. January feeders down 22 cents, 162.70. March down 35 at 166.37. The April down 12 at 170.35. Cash fed cattle trade last week saw most of our sales in the 136 to 137 range. That is steady to $2 lower compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher on Friday. Choice up $1.92 at $284.78. Select was up $0.48, cents, $273.24. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to head to Caldwell, talk to Carl Herman about his Wednesday sale. Carl, always good to talk to you. How'd that sale turn out? You know, Larry, we had a good day yesterday, had over 800 head uh, on a higher cow market and calf market for 110 consigners and 42 buyers. We had 100 cows and bulls yesterday, slaughter cows 30 to 70, slaughter bulls 65 to 99, stalker cows 5 and a quarter to 1100, and the pairs brought 875 to 1525. On the calves, steers, 2 to 3 weights, 151 to 215. 3 to 4 weight steers brought 165 to 202. 4 to 5 weights, 160 to 187. 
five to six weights, 151 to 175. Six to seven weight steers, 140 to 157. Seven to eight weights, 135 to 152. Had a lot of guys that had some really good calves, bigger calves, uh, all brought 900 to 1,000, some even $1,100. On the heifer side, two to three weights, 135 to 157. Three to four weight heifers, 150 to 197. Four to five weights, 145 to 182. Five to six weights, 140 to 185. Six to seven weights, 130 to 150. And the seven to eight weight heifers, 120 to 152. Overall, we had a good day. Had a lot of good cattle, a lot of good calves yesterday. Had a lot of calves that has condition on them. And they will really jump when they get something to eat. We got a lot of people that calling about consigning cattle next week, so we look for another good sale. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you in Caldwell. Okay, my number is 979-820-5349. Call a barn, 567-4119. If you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. We appreciate you, Carl. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy visiting with you, Larry. You Thank too. you a lot. Maybe that's it for Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close sharply higher Friday. February hogs up 305 to end at 8090. April hogs up 312 at 8845. Class three milk was slightly lower. January milk down four cents at 20, 28, 100. February milk down three at 2217, 100. The cotton market continued its climb higher following Wednesday's very bullish USDA crop production and supply and demand report. USDA lowered the 2021 crop and ending stocks in that report, and we've seen some very positive developments in the market as a result. March cotton up 286 points on Friday, 119.70. October cotton up 111 points at 102.73 while December is up 115 to close the week at 96.83 cents. We mentioned earlier that strong close in the corn market. That comes despite the fact that USDA's crop production and supply and demand report on Wednesday was actually very bearish for the corn market. We saw prices tumble both Wednesday and Thursday. However, Friday, we ended up with a strong close. March corn up eight and three quarters, 596 and a quarter. New crop September corn up one and three quarters, 569. The USDA report also bearish for the wheat market. We ended up closing lower on Friday with July Kansas City wheat down 13 cents, 751 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down five and a quarter at 737 and a quarter. In the energy markets Friday, February natural gas was down two cents, 424. February crude oil up a dollar seventy eight, eighty three ninety a barrel. The financial markets were lower on Friday afternoon. The Dow down three hundred thirty nine points, thirty five thousand seven seventy four. The Nasdaq down a point at fourteen thousand eight oh six. The S and P down seventeen points, four thousand six forty one. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today, 
is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.